Welcome to the Wellcast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. My name is Mike Sirsoni, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Jordan Hogue. Jordan? It's me. It's good to be back with you again for another episode, man. Yeah. We're in the middle... We we're recording this in the middle of November, which is Movember, oh. which means I have a mustache on my face. And I don't because my wife won't let me have one. <laughs> so uh, we are uh, continuing our series in world religions. And uh, I think, you know, I'm excited about where we're going. I'm excited. Booze about boys traveling the world. <laughs> That's right. We are. <laughs> we're hitting all the different countries, starting <laughs> with the United States. Um, but if you're if you're listening and you're enjoying things that you're hearing, the the content that we're bringing you, we would love it if you would subscribe. We'd love it if you would share on your social media. Uh, get the word out there so that more people can can uh, interact with the yeah, things that please. God's doing. Yeah, and we found that these uh, religions podcasts have yep. been very helpful for people in processing their relationships, as well as helpful to the internet as a whole. People have been responding from. YouTube, yeah, things like that. Yeah, I know you and I. We've talked. Uh, we talked today. Uh, we went out to lunch at uh, the meetup. Just a little oh, shout out. So good. Philly cheesesteak. Oh, so good. Philly cheesesteak Thursday. Go off, King. Oh, and <laughs> uh, and we were just talking about how our heart is. We hope everyone who listens feels valued. Yeah. And uh, our heart is to show differences between different religions to to help educate and also to to help prepare. Uh, and equip people to share their faith with people who may think differently than them. Yeah, we're not apologists. I don't think in this process we're going to actually, you know, sort of broadly convince anyone of anything. Um, but what we are are sort of, um, I guess, the heralds of the truth that there are differences in what we would call Orthodox Christianity and a lot of, and the things that we're talking about. Yeah. And our hope would be that that starts conversations and also just presses people to. Um, you know, if they are, you know, like last one was a Mormon to really think about what their church teaches and how that's different than what we think the Bible teaches and, um, that that would create, you know, compassion as well in the people who listen, who are Christians and who, uh, would maybe in some other context want to argue faith in the people or take these points as like opportunities to own them. Yeah. But more so, we hope that, you know, if we think somebody's lost in their faith, it should compa- uh, inspire compassion to want to reach them for Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so today we're talking about uh, the faith of the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And I, I think it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting religion uh, because I think it's a, re- it's a religion that a lot of people have had some sort of contact with, yeah. but probably don't fully understand what... Yeah, Jehovah's similar Witness to Mormons, beliefs. you know, going door to door, stuff like that. Yeah, they do go door to door, but they actually they go door to door with a different type of like mentality. Like mm-hmm. they don't they actually just want to hand you their their uh, pamphlet and and walk away. They mm-hmm. don't actually want to engage. And so you might find it harder to engage with a Jehovah's Witness that comes to your door than you would with with someone who is like a Mormon missionary. Yeah, who that's their calling to sit down with you things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I had some in in some interactions with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses when I was younger in school. So like you would see um, somebody sitting down for the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, or, many of us have that story, yeah. Yeah, or or somebody who didn't celebrate their birthday. Like you went up uh-huh. and, and like 
said happy birthday and they yelled at you. Uh, for, <laughs> but <laughs> did that really happen? No, it didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. But <laughs> but you know, you have those things, and and so that led me to start to you know ask the question: Well, what what do Jehovah's Witnesses believe about holidays? Right? Because yeah, it's not just the flag salute. It's it's Christmas. It's Easter. It's a lot of things. Veterans Day, and and it's actually interesting to know that that they are they're set up in their beliefs to where they don't want to celebrate anything that's not affirmed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, even holidays like Christmas and Easter that we would say are affirmed in the Bible, uh, they won't celebrate because uh, those holidays have pagan roots that the church has uh, redeemed. And and in a lot of ways, the world is trying to steal back, Uh, but they won't celebrate those because of the, the pagan roots of those holidays. Mm -hmm. They actually on their website, they have just a ton of, different reasons why they don't celebrate different holidays. So yeah, the list was actually astounding. I didn't really know it was that extensive. Just a few. Uh, so if the holiday is based on an unscriptural teaching, uh, they won't celebrate that. If the holiday is based on superstition or in the belief of luck, uh, they won't celebrate that. Yeah, like, uh, for instance, like New Year's, things like that. Yeah. yeah, anything that's based on the idea that the soul is immortal, uh, they won't. they won't celebrate that. Uh, any holidays, obviously we would agree, any holidays that are linked to the occult. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, that's they, good they don't celebrate the, those. But it goes on and on about all of these different mm-hmm. reasons. And so... Uh, yeah, I had friends who they were just like... I mean, I was bummed about the birthday thing, but to read that, because they had said that it was like man-centered, right? Yeah, and anything that celebrates right? humanity over over God. Is yeah, and I was like, okay, you know, uh, I guess, you know, the sort of stereotype can be like, hey, look how strange these people are or something. And yeah. I think, you know, they may have very strange views compared to what you think, but it is at least honoring for us to be like, hey, they do have reasons why yeah. they think these things, although yeah. I don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, but they're not just sort of like some, like, uh, I, I guess like, they're not trying to even necessarily get you to not do it. Yeah. They just say, well, this is what we believe, you know. And they're they're one of the most, I would say, my experience at least, is that they're one of the most passive of the uh, evangelism-based religions. Yeah. So you're not gonna, you're, they're not going to be in your face about it, uh, uh-huh. but they, they are going to try and get you to change what you believe. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with, like, they're not necessarily focused. Everything I read was that they're not necessarily focused on the product of getting you into the church. They're focused on the action of evangelism being a requirement for their good standing with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that actual, I think I read something that, have you ever noticed that when they're walking around from house to house, they're just like literally taking forever to get from house to house? Yeah. Just kind of, pl- they actually have a word for that. It's something like the plodding of the saints. Okay. Where it's like they just kind of trudge to ha- from house to house. Yeah. They literally have like a certain amount of time. It was either like one or two hours a week that they mm. need to do that mm. in order to fulfill the requirement of the church. So you're saying they want to go to the least amount of houses. Yeah. Where Mormons are like, let's get like the most amount of people. We get them into the church. They're just like, we would love, and I've even had JW friends who've told me like, we just kind of check in the box. That was all that was required of us. Yeah. And it's, and if you're honest, it's like this is awkward. You said that like you're from New York. <laughs> we just trying to check the box. Yeah, hey. I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're, you know, they're going from house to house and they're like, it's awkward. I yeah. don't want to go to all these places and tell people about all these things. But, yeah. you know. But they do it anyway. Yeah. Well, they are faithful. 
Yeah. Well, let's talk about the faith a little bit. I yeah. mean, it started somewhere. Uh, it started here in in America, and it's it's not it's not really that old of a of a religion. Yeah, it's similar to Mormonism. It started in the eighteen hundreds, right? Yeah. So in uh, eight in the late eighteen hundreds, um, there was. It's, it's a post Civil War religion, right? Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. so in the late eighteen hundreds, uh, this guy. Charles Taze Russell began uh, an independent Bible study focusing on the second coming of Christ and biblical chronology. And so he just put together this little Bible study and they were fixated on the return of Christ and, mm-hmm. and when it would happen. Yeah. And it was very apocalyptic fo- focused, right? Yeah. 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 So, and then from there, he started putting out, you know, a publication, the Watchtower uh, publication. And the, the Watchtower and Track Society, which which officially began 1884, and he was the president, and he served as president until he died in 1916, and then the 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 faith kind of just continued on from there. But he he was uh, actually early on a mark of the Jehovah's Witness Church is that they made a lot of prophecies, yeah, a lot of prophecies about when Jesus would would come back. Uh, you were mentioning 1914. Is that the the year? Yeah, it, there was a prophecy yeah. um, that he had made, as well as their sort of group of leaders, where uh, he would come. Jesus would return in 1914, and they. I mean, um, I would say most of us would say like, "Oh, well, that didn't happen," but they would actually say that it did, and that he returned in spirit. Okay. And he's actually uh, ruling and getting ready for the end of days in in the Watchtower Society. Okay, so yeah. so he he came invisibly. He did return, but that he is not physically. Uh, he doesn't have a physical body. Okay. Yeah. And then in uh, 1920, the Watchtower Track Society predicted an earthly resurrection for some of our favorite forefathers. Yeah. So uh, we're not talking about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. We're we're talking about uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they said that, that that physical resurrection would come in 1925. So after, I mean, 1925 came and went, yeah. and it didn't happen according to anybody who didn't see these people. Right. Um, but at the time, since Russell had passed away, uh, Rutherford, the president, had taken over. And Rutherford, he ended up saying that, like, actually, after the death of the original founder, Russell... Jesus has now cleansed the watchtower in 2016 until now. Hmm. And um, he had, they kind of excused it as like, well, some of these things are, he said, may instead of will, like this may happen. But now we actually have all these things figured out and we're figuring it out. And it was post 1925 was when they actually did change their name to Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, 1931. Yeah. Yeah, they officially took on that name. And so like, there, there was a, you know, in fact, though, Rutherford has his own story, too, in that he wrote in 1917 and started prophesying that there were millions of people that would never die. He wrote his really long pamphlet mm. about how um, it's basically, you know, containing the apocalyptic idea of, like, we're in the end times right now, and the new earth is going to come, new heavens are going to come, and uh, people who are alive right now are going to see the end of the world. Yeah, And, um, you know... 2017 came and there was less than a million people who had been alive in 1917. And then the Jehovah's Witnesses were like, 
well, that wasn't what he meant either, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like a cycle that we see in all of this prophetic apocalyptic correctionist movement that they were doing. Well, and it makes sense because Jesus said that even the Son of Man doesn't know the time, the day or the hour, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's uh, an effort that's taken place across all of these religions to to try and pinpoint the exact uh, return of Jesus. And mm-hmm. we just know that that's not our role. Yeah, well, and even today, uh, much of what they do and publish is based on being right when the end comes. Yeah. So you need to have these sort of things in a line so that when the end does come, which is very imminent, you have trust in these eight men who are running the watchtower, and they are going to guide you on how to physically survive the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, I, I want to equip our listeners uh, about what they believe. And yeah, so, it's pretty important because actually, if you go to the JW website, it says that they are Christians. Yeah, they like Mormons. They they will claim uh, the name Christian, and I think it's it. it I, I would say that Jehovah's Witnesses probably get confused. Uh, as Christians less than someone like Mormons. I think where Mormons want to be blended into the whole of Christendom, right? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Jehovah's Witness, they would say that they actually have the true church and everyone else is wrong. It's good. So so let's talk about a little bit about what they believe and how it differentiates from the the view that that Orthodox Christianity would have. So let's start. uh, One place I wanted to start is just with the Bible itself. Yeah. So they, uh, they have their own translation of the Bible, their Mm -hmm. own English translation. It's called the new world, new world translation of the Holy scriptures. And uh, this is uh, the, the translation published by the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Yeah. And they believe that this is the best translation of the original language and they don't use any other language at all critical theory right which yeah. is has taken all the original sort of uh copies of text that we have yeah and then has boiled it down into the here's what the best we can do to get there yeah and even in and even in that you have like something like the message which is a paraphrase right yeah so, so you've got you've got this this scale of you know word for word to paraphrase and yeah and, but and, these are all translations of a critical amount of text that we have of the original languages yeah, yeah and you can get to the truth of the original language in any of them because yes. they're all they're all just different different mm-hmm. ways of translating mm-hmm. the, the original text, but the same theology is found within all of them. Yeah. Now the the Jehovah's Witness, uh, they actually they they wrote their own uh, translation. Mm-hmm. It, it's called the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures, the NWT. Mm-hmm. That's their version of it, and it's widely regarded as um, completely unfaithful to the original Greek and Hebrew. Yeah, in in the Orthodox Church, but yeah. the Jehovah's but, Witnesses believe that it's the most accurate, mm-hmm. and this is how they this is how they take a uh, a detour from Orthodox belief. Right, so they. They don't use any other translations within mm-hmm. their church, and they believe this is the this is the holy grail of English translations. And so everyone in their church only uses this, which is uh, an echo chamber, right? Yeah, For all of the theology. other ones are false, right? right? Yeah, yeah, and and so you know, as they do that, they start to define their theology by their translation of. Well, I would even say it's like the other way around, right? They have these prophecies, these teachings, uh-huh. which have been passed down, changed, but passed down. Sure. And then they take the New World Translation and then they change what they think the Greek says, yeah, in order to fit into their sort of nightly or nicely 
neat idea of their own theology. Yeah, and then the other side of it is, you know, the the Orthodox Christian view is that each one of us is sealed with the Holy Spirit when we put our, our faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's through that Holy Spirit that now we have the ability to interpret God's Word. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that, that a, a non-believer can't read God's Word, but... Yeah but they don't have the same depth of understanding as as a follower of Jesus would. Yeah. But, and a, a lot of what we're talking about is authority, right? Yeah. And and so but the authority in the mm-hmm. life of the the Jehovah's Witness is their governing body that you mentioned, you know, just a, a few minutes ago. It, it's the the governing body called the faithful and and discreet slave. And uh, they are regarded in the Jehovah's Witness uh faith as the only channel of accurate biblical interpretation in the world today. So mm-hmm. so not only are they the only one in their church, but they're the only one in the world, which means if anybody disagrees with them, they're immediately discredited. Yeah, and that the slave used to be defined as the whole of all of Jehovah's Witnesses, right. and now they've made it these eight men yeah. who run the Watchtower Society. And so like uh, where the church, the Orthodox Church, Orthodox Christian view of things— uh, would be that the church does have authority only but given by Christ and governed by Scripture. Yeah. So it's not that uh, the church can redefine Scripture. Right. It is that the Scripture defines what the church is and gifts authority to those who run in that lane. Yeah, in fact, the Bible says nobody should add to the words, right? The yeah. canon of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that the Bible's one one way that we differ. Yeah, I would. I think people should like view it as almost moving two different directions. Yeah, you have people who are dis- who are supposed to be under the authority of God, but given Scripture to define things, and then in our view, we have Scripture and God who defines people's view of the world. Yeah. So obviously, you know, there's a different differing when it comes to scripture, but that's just the beginning of a lot of the differences. Yeah, and when you do that, that's gonna that's really gonna define from there where these things go, right? Yeah, because yeah. it changes where your standard is, yeah. where your authority is. Mm-hmm. One of those things that that we would disagree uh, on is the concept of the Trinitarian God. So uh, one God and three persons, and and so the. The Orthodox view, Jordan, is what? So the Trinity is the view that God is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that um, you will not find the word the Trinity in Mm. your Bible, but when the Bible is your first source of authority, you draw conclusions from what it writes. And so uh, it is implicit in Scripture in that you see all three of those persons painted as divine throughout your Scriptures. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even just in the in in the creation narrative, you see mm-hmm. all three. You see the Father. You see the Spirit that was hovering over the mm-hmm. deep. You you see uh, when we take the whole Bible, you see then. Oh well, Jesus is there because Colossians one, yeah. John one John says 1. that everything was created through Him, yeah, right, exactly. for Him, by Him. Yeah. So that's the that's a Trinitarian view of of God, and that's the Orthodox view. That's that's held by a lot of different denominations within the Protestant and. Uh, Catholic and church. most correctionist movements like this deny that right. very quickly yeah. because most of the things that they need to do, 
I've found is if it can't be explained logically, right. they have a really hard time with it. Yeah. And so Mormons deny the Trinity because, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay, well, the thing we would say, yeah, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me, but it's what the Bible teaches. Yeah. And so I let that dictate my view of what truth is, Instead not necessarily me doing that. Yeah. And so the, the, the way that the Jehovah's Witnesses deal with that is they just... They're pretty harsh on it. Yeah, they, they deny it, but they don't just deny it. They say the Trinitarian view is a three-headed false god that was invented by the devil to deceive Christians. And so they, they didn't, instead of uh, going along with what they view as a, a Satanist movement, uh, they would reject the, both the deity of Jesus mm-hmm. and they have to reject the deity and the personality of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. we'll get into more of that in, in a second. But I also I, I want to talk through a little bit about the divinity of Jesus because they're, they're, they're implicit, yeah. or explicitly denying that Jesus is God, something that he, he made uh, both allusions to yeah. and I think direct claims to in scripture well and something we talked about in the mormon episode is you have to when somebody says they believe in jesus you have to define who is jesus yeah right which jesus and so you know their view of jesus is not the same as ours no um and so that would be obviously a big red flag for us yeah and and a lot of it comes from jesus's origin stories and Mm -hmm. you know obviously uh, not obviously, but the, the the Christian view is that Jesus was not created, that he is a part of this Godhead, the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And, and immediately when when you deny that the Trinity, you have to deal with the fact, okay, where did Jesus begin then? Mm-hmm. Like how did where was his origin story? Well and scripture teaches that, you know, he everything he was there. Yeah. He is eternal. Yeah. But you have to but if he's not divine, then you have to come up with a creation story. And so yeah. The Jehovah's Witnesses have come up with that, and and what they've said is uh, that that uh, Jesus originally was the archangel Michael. He's the first created, first created yeah. being. Mm-hmm. So so God creates Michael first. He's kind of like uh, God's secondhand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and who Jesus is is the incarnate, the incarnate archangel Michael yeah. who now has flesh. Mm-hmm. And so the the issue with that is we we see that the incarnation was Jesus, the word, right, who yeah. was there in John 1 who now has has uh, put flesh on through the um the the inspiration, the the uh connection between the inspired Holy Spirit and Mary uh-huh. to produce to produce now Jesus. Yeah, the, it's immaculate. The God the man. Yeah. Yeah. The immaculate conception. Yeah. Is what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is a this is a big, you know, a big detour for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a different Christ, then you have a different gospel. Yeah. And you have to ask whether or not that gospel can save. Yeah. And so we'll talk about salvation stuff later, but the the differentiation of who Jesus is, if he is not God, if he is not the God, if you you one have to doubt scripture, you have to call into question your whole belief of you know, can he save? Like in, in it starts a really large snowball down the hill where you have to answer a lot of questions then from that place. Well, and the the detour to de- deny the trinitarian view of scripture like you mentioned it, it has a whole lot of different complex things that that then stem from that belief. So yeah. one is is the rejecting the deity of 
of Christ, mm-hmm. but two is rejecting the the deity and the personhood of the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, and what we mean by personhood is uh, simply that like it is a personal being. Yeah, that is described in Scripture with it, pronouns and things, and you know, and uh, very specifically the Helper. This a very real thing, and then they would call it that it's just sort of an unembodied essence, right? Like a, a spiritual thing that's sort of like more of a an influencer. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the idea that uh, kind of there's electricity in your house that energizes you. And, oh yeah, I and read your that. Yeah, faith. Uh-huh. But it's not a person. It's like yeah. a force, right? There's no real act. Like you can't. Yeah, there are examples like you can't connect with the electricity that powers your house. Yeah, but it's there. But it's there. You know, it it's there, you and yeah. it's helping in some way, right? Yeah. yeah. The problem is that in John 16, verses 13 through 15, continuously, he, uh, the Bible uses the, the pronoun he. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's always in reference in this passage to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's he and he and he. Yeah. And, and over and over and over again, it's going to use the pronoun he to yeah. describe the Holy Spirit. So even Scripture itself is going to deal with the fact that the Holy Spirit is not just a force, mm-hmm. but a being, the third person of the yeah. Trinity. And you have to deal with, I mean, a Jehovah's Witness would have to deal with the fact that Jesus tells his followers, you're going to have an even greater connection with God when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's going to come soon. Yeah. It's well, better how, for him to leave, right? Yeah. So. Uh, well, okay. Well, how Jehovah's Witness would it be a better thing than being with Jesus yeah. to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is not God? No, it's good. And and the Holy Spirit's role is calling a, a, a person to salvation, mm-hmm. right? So, and Jesus being deity, being 100% God and 100% man, so not just deity, but, but humanity as well mm-hmm. uh, he's efficacious for our sacrifice because he's both god and and therefore perfect without mm-hmm. blemish but he's also human therefore he he is representative of of mankind and and so if you deny i want to i want to sh- i want to show how the denial of the trinitarian view of of god uh, the denial of especially the deity of christ but also the work of the holy spirit um, how that leads into a, a detour now when we talk about salvation. Yeah, well, I mean, salvation's obviously a big issue, right? Yeah, and and so for the Christian faith, we would say that, that salvation comes through faith alone, in Christ alone, mm-hmm. by grace alone, right? Yeah. So grace through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and Yeah, so, go read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Yeah, exactly. And and so that that's, I mean, that's... A, a great place to go. Uh, I would say read your whole New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll find it out in there somewhere. Great summary of yeah, the yeah. gospel. Yeah. yeah, but Ephesians two is great, and and I think the the cool part about that is is it's it's the work of God alone, mm-hmm. right? It's not our work. Even if Ephesians two says that we can't boast. Right? Yeah, God and, raises the dead. Yeah, and and He creates new life in mm-hmm. in beings that were once dead. Uh, the differentiation now with the Jehovah's Witness because now there's no work of the Holy Spirit. It's just a force in your life. Now there's no uh, personal, you know, deity that that has has lived in this world and died on the cross. I mean, mm-hmm. the, salvation looks a lot different. So, Jordan, why don't you take us through what what does salvation look like for a Jehovah's Witness? Well, it's like. I would say it's multifaceted, and I couldn't. Uh, there, there were some sources that said there was like four or five or six different tenets of yeah. salvation. Jesus' work on the cross. Well, 
to them on the stake. I don't know why they make that distinction, yeah. but they think he died on a stake rather than a cross. And mm. It's important to them for some reason. Yeah. Um, but they believe that that is part of it. It, it, in some ways, it's sort of like the Mormons in that it, it opens the door mm-hmm. to the possibility, right. but it is not sufficient. You know, if you have a different cro- if you have a different Christ, you have a different gospel. If yeah. you have a different Christ, can he save you? And that their answer would be no. He he make, he gives the opportunity, mm-hmm. but then you have ultimately what boils down then is to, um, in my estimation, uh, the participation in their church governance and a works based sort of salvation that says that my works combined with the work of God and then my involvement with the church creates my opportunity for salvation. Right. And and salvation is this idea where now all of a sudden it's about us. Mm-hmm. And it's different than what the Bible teaches because yeah. it's it's no longer it's no longer Christ who who paid the ultimate sacrifice, but it's Jesus plus. Scripture teaches that salvation is a gift from God. So it's what we'd call monergistic, right? So it's one way. God gives us salvation. Yeah. And then synergistic is our uh, sanctification, which is our slowly becoming more and more like Christ over time. The Holy Spirit works in us to create more Christ-likeness in the hearts of believers, but that does not determine our salvation. Right. So they have some very specific uh, things that you have to do if you want to be saved. So mm-hmm. it's uh, the requirements for salvation in addition to faith. So faith you mentioned, uh, faith being kind of the thing that starts it is baptism by immersion, active association with the uh, with the Jehovah's Witness Church, righteous conduct, which is very generic. Yeah, and that's why I said it's hard to nail down the key tenets. Yeah, and absolute loyalty to Jehovah. Yeah, and, and the idea is really most Jehovah's Witnesses walk around with the hope that they're saved, but a doubt that they that they actually have done enough. Yeah, we'll see. When it happens, yeah, right? We, how, how else would you know? Mm-hmm. Well, in, uh, salvation becomes a formula, you know, in that instance, and it, it can be quite nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, and I think, <laughs> you know, they're also, like, people kick around the idea of 144,000 people going to heaven. So that was another prophecy, right? Yeah. Yeah, 144,000. That's, like, the the top class of yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, that's the spiritual unembodied heaven. Yeah, and and they uh, they believe that those 144,000 placeholders have already been uh, achieved. So yeah. so there's no there's no hope of getting into that top top class. Yeah, of sorry, it's anymore. full. Yeah, yeah. So so you can't you can't get into this greatest place of heaven, this highest paradise. Yeah, what they so the way that they talk about this is interesting because this is an original prophecy, right? At the time, Jehovah's Witness is pretty small. Like, oh, 144,000, yeah. you know, and the apocalypse is coming soon. Like, yeah. uh, and basically, since they're so apocalyptic, so many of their beliefs are ripped out of Revelation. Yeah. And in Revelation, there's 144,000 Jews who are saved in this one instance, yep. right? Revelation 14. <laughs> and so you, like, they take that and they say, oh, well, if we're, they believe that they are the new Israel. Right. And so, okay, well, that means us. Mm-hmm. And then they take that, oh, uh oh, that's full. <laughs> There's yeah. been more than 140,000 faithful saints. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, actually, now the rest of you, it is worth it because don't you want to be in an embodied paradise on earth? Yeah. And that's what we're moving towards now. Well, and what's interesting is their whole, their whole, as you you've mentioned it a couple times, but their whole religion is based on the fact that Armageddon is coming soon. Yeah. Like it's, and they've get they made several guesses. Anytime you're real specific and then it doesn't come, you got to make audibles. Yeah, and and the 
converse. So we've talked about now their salvation, mm-hmm. but they are at the the heart of their beliefs is annihilationism. Mm-hmm. So they they believe that there's 144,000 that go to this highest level of mm-hmm. paradise. The the rest go to kind of this this other paradise that's a little bit less than, you know, it's like the club med of vacations and and uh, or of of heavens. And then the rest who die without being a part of the mm-hmm. Jehovah's Jehovah's Witness Church, they actually just cease to exist. Yeah, there's like no spiritual embodiment or physical embodiment, and really no hell. Yeah, right. So there's um, the consequences that that those spirits are extinguished. Yeah, and so so you have you have this uh, different view of what mm-hmm. the the it eternity looks like. well and if you like if you're coming from the christian perspective saying well okay how's that different the christian view is you go and read um you know the book of revelation is what you see is god recreates the heavens and the earth and we are embodied with the full presence of god for eternity his goal his desire is that we would get back to that garden of eden where we are with and without blemish, with God for eternity. Yeah. Uh, the belief that heaven is some sort of unembodied idea, like that's a Greek mythology that seeped its way into the church a long time ago. We the body, the body is intimately and extremely important to scripture's view of eternity. Yeah. And and I think our hope is that we can walk through these differences and mm-hmm. point them out, equip equip our our listeners to. To, to understand the differences of the faith, but it's mm-hmm. all for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, the purpose is sharing Christ with people who believe uh, these different beliefs. Like the, the, the goal is not for us just to throw up our hands and go, Oh, they believe something different. It's yeah. like, how do we get into a conversation that you mentioned that starts with compassion, mm-hmm. but, but also has purpose. And so if we're talking about how we would share, um, how we would witness to Jehovah's witnesses, what would, where would you start? Every time we start with prayer. Yes. You got to pray. <laughs> get this one right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, prayer's the engine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to, you're not going to go anywhere without it. I was wondering if this is a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> trick question. Yeah. Um, I want to see how good a pastor you are. Yeah. Uh, so in my personal experience, but then also in the things that I've read, you have, there's kind of, this is multifaceted. The first is you have to know that the person sitting in front of you is indeed a child of God. Yeah and has been greatly deceived in my mind. And I believe that they do have good intention. Like most of the people I've known genuinely want to just communicate truth to you in their form of it, right? And um, that has to inspire compassion Mm -hmm. to know that, oh man, if they have been deceived, I want them to know the truth of Scripture and the freedom of the gospel and that they don't have to work this way. Mm -hmm. That should break your heart. Your desire should not be to own them. And then second, you have to know that if they've been deceived, one of that pieces is that they've been convinced that everyone who's not in the club is against the club. Mm -hmm. And so goodwill, faith, compassion, desire to see their best is going to go a long way. I mean, if you imagine, they get mistreated a ton on the streets. They have to go door to door as a part of their salvation process, and people just hammer them with uh, unkind words, slamming the door in their face. You know, there's probably been Christians who have not been kind to them because they don't have this perspective. Yeah, Kindness and compassion go a long way for Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, creating goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I, I think also you have to understand, you have to have a basic understanding of what they believe. And mm -hmm. so this podcast is the beginning of that. Yeah. I mean, we don't pretend uh, to be experts. We certainly don't pretend that. But we would just encourage you, do your research. If you have mm -hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses in your life that you care about or you want to be prepared someday to talk with one that might come to your door, do do some more research. I mean, this is the beginning of of the us citing the differences, but there's there are websites out there that are great. And yeah, a great website yeah. is jwfacts.com. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the North American Missions Board also has a great website uh, mm -hmm. on, on that stuff, so you can find that on their website. And oh, I'm realizing right now that made it sound like F-A-X. It's J-W-F-A-C-T-A. F-A-C-T-S dot com. <laughs> J-W facts. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Not facts. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody good. faxes anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So NAMB.net also, mm -hmm. uh, they've got some good stuff on that. But you have to you have to have a basic understanding. And then you have to know your Bible, mm -hmm. right? You have to be able to know, like, if they, if they talk to you about what they believe, yeah. you have to know where to go in the Bible. Most of the people you meet will have been extremely well like educated in what they believe. Yeah. And if you do not know your scriptures, they will be able to convince you of a lot of things. It's true. And then the maybe the most important with any of these correction movements, like the the most important thing you can ask is to define terms. Yeah. Right? Because there a lot of times we use words are at, words are just vessels that mm -hmm. hold meaning. Yeah. And it, when we take one meaning out of a word and we, mm -hmm. we put a new meaning in, we can make it look like it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Christian or God or Jesus yeah. or Holy Spirit. So so I think it's it's defining terms uh, so that you can have a conversation. You got to make sure that we're saying, well, what do you mean by that? Tell me, yeah. you know, that's a, a great phrase to add. I would say, and don't start with the Trinity. Like we <laughs> talked a lot about the Trinity, but that's a really big stumbling block for a lot of people. I would say start with Jesus, yeah, the person of Jesus Christ. And I know it's difficult because they've created their own interpretation, their own book, but if you can pick one area and just walk through Scripture, ask them what they think, tell them what you think, know what you think about Jesus, and yeah. know where to go. Yeah, even like where did you get the fact that he used to be uh, the Archangel Michael? Like the only time I ever had any success with a JW friend was to just pick one thing yeah, and just continue. Okay, well, how? How? Where'd you guys get that? How are you getting that information? Okay. And then you get some place eventually, at least an understanding. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a common theme of all of the episodes that we do, but another one is to share your story. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much power in your testimony. Mm -hmm. like you're, t you're sitting across from someone who is hoping that one day they get into heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a hard life to live, a hard line to walk. So what would it look like if you shared the story of how God transformed you through Jesus? Yeah. That it's not just about waking up every day hoping you do enough to get into heaven, but the fact that somebody else did enough on your behalf. Yeah, your assurance of salvation can be contagious. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, uh, we are glad that you're listening and uh, we can't wait to see you next time on The Wellcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.